0: has your organization begun its digital transformation? Our guest for this episode shares with us the knowledge and experience from hundreds of technology leaders from his popular show CXO Talk, as we take a look at digital transformation, how it's changing the way we interact with our customers, business partners, and internal stakeholders, some interesting anecdotes on how modern enterprises are dealing with change, and explore what it means to be a transformational CIO.
1: Welcome to Coding Over Cocktails, a podcast by Toro Cloud. Here we talk about digital transformation, application integration, low-code application development,
2: data management, and business process automation. Catch some expert insights as we sit down with industry leaders who share tips on how enterprises can take on the challenge of digital transformation. Take a seat, join us for a round. Here are your hosts, Kevin Montalbo and Toro Cloud CEO and founder
1: David Brown.
0: Welcome to episode 47 of the Coding Over Cocktails podcast. My name is Kevin Montalbo. And joining us from Sydney, Australia is Cloud CEO and founder, David Brown. Good morning, David. G'day, Kevin. All right. Our guest for this episode is the publisher and host of the well-known talk show, CXO Talk, and is one of the most respected executive interviewers in the world. His recent interviews include CEOs of Zoom, The Philadelphia 76ers, Workday, members of the UK House of Lords, CMOs of MasterCard, Deloitte, CVS Health, CIO of Adobe, and CTO of Accenture and hundreds more. His work has been mentioned over a thousand times in the media and in more than 50 books. He has also written over 1,000 columns for the popular tech website CDNet and has served as an advisor to many of the largest enterprise technology companies in the world. Joining us for a round of cocktails is Michael Kriegsman. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. How are you? It's great to be here. All right. Great. Sounds good. Uh, you often talk and ask your guests on CXO Talk what digital transformation means to them. So perhaps we can start by asking what digital transformation means to you. Kevin, it's a
2: great question. For me, digital transformation is. Thinking about your business, or maybe I should say, rethinking your business, placing the customer in the center as the reference point. So, historically, we designed processes in ways that were efficient for us, right? We have uh, sales and customer service and marketing, and all of our interactions were about making our company efficient. Well, today we need to be thinking about what does the customer want? What does the customer care about? Having empathy for that customer. So, for example, customer really wants expertise if they're calling on a customer on uh, for customer support. They want expertise, and maybe they want to know their order status. They want to know when the parts will be in stock and so to accomplish that requires sharing information across a variety of departments silos inside the organization sometimes this is easy for a company to do but very often it's really hard we have to rethink about how we have to rethink our systems our technology how we transfer data and then there's a whole cultural dimension so digital transformation is kind of a window a window into how we think about our company and how we run our business. It's not just a marketing veneer. Oh, let's do e-commerce. That's not digital
1: transformation. Mm. And it's very interesting looking at your the guests. I mean, that intro that Kevin uh, just went through, it's an incre- incredible portfolio of guests and subject matters you've had over the years. Um, I, and one of the things that struck me was, the, all the varied things that uh, digital transformation means to them, and the initiatives they're they're going through. So you you mentioned making it customer centric. Uh, are you are, are there also other aspects to? Uh, other stakeholders in digital transformation. I'm thinking of like uh, business partners, the uh, business partners that may want to communicate with you directly, or even internal stakeholders like your own employees and how they want to interact with with the uh, company as well. I- is that part of digital transformation? David, I'm
2: so glad that you raised this point because digital transformation is an ongoing lifestyle choice. Mm. It's not a, you know, let, we're, we're not going to buy a digital transformation, right? We're not going to buy a widget that's now going to make us change. We're thinking, we're rethinking our business, our relationships, our, our core business model. And in order to accomplish that, yes, we, we must involve, engage our employees, We need to engage our customers. We need to engage our business partners because otherwise it's not going to work. I mean, look, think about it this way. We're making our business really focused on our customer. We're thinking about our products. How do we define our products, our services, so that our customers, it meets their needs? That requires working with our business partners so that they can be responsive to our changing priorities, investment goals, strategies, because otherwise there's a discontinuity and it doesn't
1: fit and it won't work. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we've we've had this mentioned in the past. Is is that how you need to get these other stakeholders and business partners involved in the process? And it's almost like you need to have parallel digital transformation and if it is going on to truly make this success. But I guess it's all part of the journey for all of us. I noticed one of you guests, uh, I, I, from memory, I think he was from McKinsey. He differentiated from, uh, when he, in your talk, between digital transformation and business building. Now, I thought this was interesting because when we talk about digital transformation, we're often talking about creating new digital products and services, responding to market, like identifying what the customer needs, like you were just explaining. Do, have you found that it some it could help to differentiate between electronic communication and business process automation and efficiencies uh, with that process of creating new digital products and services? You know the the question about McKinsey, I asked them the same thing.
2: So why do you you know why is it business building? Mm. And the reason is the extent to which change is involved. Now, you have to remember McKinsey is working with very large organizations, and the challenge that a large organization generally or often faces is they have existing products, existing services, existing processes, and they have to be very careful not to disrupt those customer relationships. Not to disrupt their revenue streams. People rely upon them. Their customers rely upon the predictability of those products and the consistency of those products and those services. And so, in many cases, what McKinsey has found is that if you're going to make a really significant change to your business model, for example, it's easier, it's more efficient, it's more productive to create a new entity. That entity can be spun off from the mothership. It can be created as a a joint venture. It can be created as just a, a new business altogether. But separating it out means that you can then focus the efforts of the new entity on this new, on this changed business model without the baggage or without disrupting the existing business of the organization. And so that's why they talk about business building.
1: Yeah, because I I imagine that also in a large enterprise like that, there's also the bureaucracy and resistance to change. And so sometimes spinning it off as a separate unit is a more agile without any of the hangups of the existing organization, if you like. They can innovate quicker, not be hamstrung by existing processes. Is that what you're thinking? Yes david
2: that's that's exactly right.
1: See, really, the
2: goal with this type of business building is to develop is to be is, is to create a clear path to innovation and not be hung up by existing processes, by the existing culture that may be resistant to change as you as you just described, but at the same time, to take advantage of the size and the capabilities and the, the reach of the existing company. So You get the benefits of both. You get the clean slate to design the culture and design the business goals that are in line with what you're trying to achieve, but you also get the benefit of that existing organization that's behind you.
1: Yeah. Got it. On CXO Talk, You've interviewed uh, C-level executives from companies ranging from Rolls-Royce to Best Buy from Philip Morris to the San Francisco Opera, which I thought was interesting. And You've discussed all their digital transformation initi- initiatives. Uh, are there any anecdotes, success stories uh, that you, you, you can share that your guests have experienced? I
2: think it's, it's, it's very interesting to talk about success when it comes to digital transformation. Digital transformation is not a kind of point solution. Digital transformation is an ongoing journey. And so, if we look at each one of these examples that you just described, and we can look at, we could look at Many, many more. If we look at each one of these, they each touch a different part of the organization. For example, in the case of Rolls-Royce, it's a really fascinating story. So if you think about uh the sale of jet engines, which is not something that most of us are thinking think about. about, right? I mean, we get yeah. on a plane, we don't think about the engines of the plane, we just hope that it works. Yeah. So historically, jet engines were sold by the manufacturer like. Rolls-Royce to the airlines, and it was a transactional sale. Today, these engines are really a partnership between Rolls-Royce and the airline. Uh, Rolls-Royce calls it servitization, meaning they they are engaged in in a service relationship with that customer. Where they've outfitted the engines with a tremendous number of sensors. They give off a, a huge amount of data. And Rolls Royce then is collecting that customer data, collecting that data, uh, aggregating it across customers anonymously, of course, as, as you would expect. But they can then do predictive analytics on those engines to then get back to the customer and say to the customer, you know, this engine on this particular plane may have some kind of issue. And so bring that in for service, and we need to take a look at that. Hmm. And obviously, that's extremely beneficial for the customer because it can potentially eliminate downtime before it takes place, before some type of breakage takes place. Uh, or damage to the engine. And obviously there's there are great safety considerations, which is the primary point in mm. when it comes to, to jet engines. Mm. So that's an example, it's one example of a particular process process that has undergone transformation. Mm. If we look completely to a different domain, you mentioned the San Francisco Opera. Mm. And the reason I wanted to speak with them is because opera is performance performance means in person and i was really i wanted to learn how does one of the world's major opera companies manage when you can no longer do in person performances yeah and so the conversation there was about rethinking the in person performance translating it into digital gathering in a way that keeps the spirit of the opera, makes Mm. it interesting and engaging for the audience. But again, you've got a a business model change that's responding to the circumstances, and that's keeping the customer in the center. In both cases, these companies, as different as they are, were Mm. thinking about the customer and how can
1: they respond to what their buyers want. Mm. Interesting. So there are a couple of really good examples there of where uh, organizations have have responded to the customer and and released new, uh, rethought their distribution of their product and service. But as you said, it's really about the journey. It's not an end goal. So you don't get there and say, okay, we've done it. We've achieved our digital transformation and, and we're now successful in digital transformation. It's an ongoing journey, I think, is part of your point as well.
2: Absolutely, there's no there's no fixed point. There's no mm. fixed endpoint. You know, it's like saying innovation. Is there a fixed endpoint with innovation? No, mm. yeah. it's something that you you embody inside your organization and you want to embed in the DNA of your culture.
1: Yeah, I guess the the other side of it is I I think I kind of liken it to the industrial revolution. And so you sort of see over history, we went through that period where there was this radical change in process the way we produced goods. We're now going through this digital revolution and we've tagged it digital transformation. And I sort of wonder where we are in that journey. Like, so, you know, if it's going to be a 50-year journey or whatever it's going to be in terms of, it's, yes, there's these ongoing processes where we're modifying and responding to market with new digital products and services, but there's this uh, huge step change in the way we're doing everything right now. Where, where are, we? are we? Are we right at the beginning of that process? Of Most organizations, are they well into the process? You've interviewed thousands. Where are we? Uh, you know, I think for many organizations, they're very well
2: along in, on that journey. And I think the pandemic uh, was a forcing function that gave organizations no choice. the The option of conducting business in the old way evaporated for many organizations, and so they had to embrace new tools, new technologies that enabled their workforce to be distributed and enabled and forced these organizations to adopt mechanisms for for different kinds of uh, different types of communication for providing customer support and customer service and all of these are attributes or symptoms of digital transformation meaning we're changing the way that we conduct our business to be more digital and to respond to our, to be more agile. You use that term, David, David, to respond to our customers, to respond to the changing environment, and to do it faster. In many cases, faster than we ever
1: thought we could, but mm-hmm. but we've done it. Many business have done, businesses have done it successfully. If, if, have you identified any common challenges that these organizations are facing along the way?
2: I think the the, the bottom line com, uh, common challenge is this culture people issue. Think about it this way: we sell existing products and services. We have a sales organization, for example, and we compensate our salespeople on the basis of historically what's worked. This the the products and services that we used to sell. Now we are changing uh, and Rolls-Royce is a great example, right? So historically they sold jet engines. And I'm sure I'm making an assumption here cause I didn't speak with them about this, but historically I assume the salespeople were compensated based on the number and the type of jet engines that they sold. Hmm. Well, what happens when the relationship is no longer an outright sale but starts to look or approximate a subscription relationship. This mm. is the software industry has faced this uh, from going from on-premise to software as a service. Yes. How do you rethink, change your sales compensation? Mm. And how do you get your salespeople to get on board with this? Because in the old days, if I'm a salesperson and I sold a big ticket item, man, I was getting a big check. Mm. Well, now I'm not selling big-ticket items. I'm getting subscribers, mm. which is really, really good from a customer relationship standpoint because it forces us as the, as the seller to, on an ongoing basis, provide that customer with what they need because otherwise they're going to unsubscribe and we won't get that revenue. But from a salesperson standpoint, you know, David, I'm not sure I like that so much.
1: And so you get resistance to change. I want to get that, you know, give me that big check. I don't want to get it over the course of the next three years. I want it now. Yeah, fair enough. And you get this resistance to change. And of course, the touch points with digital transformation across the organization is so broad, and you're affecting so many business processes and introducing new ones. Uh, Then, We're finding that a common challenge is this cultural challenge of deploying change down. So yeah, digital transformation initiatives often come from the top down, whether it be board level or CEOs that they take, they take these initiatives driving it down through the organization. Yes, there are technology considerations, but the people uh, challenge, cultural challenge seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that it's, it's, easy on the one hand for senior leadership of a business to issue an, an edict. It's very easy just to say, you know, we're going to do things differently now, mm. but that gets lost in translation and it gets lost in the practicality of execution. Mm. As you start speaking to the people who are having to act to, to do the work on the ground, and when you start to then think about the, the compensation, the incentive models just in general, the cultural resistance part is the big, it's the big challenge, I think.
1: Interesting. And, and of course, you have noticed even in your own interviews, there's lots of different roles involved in these initiatives. I've seen titles like CEO, CMO, CXO, CIO, CFO, all involved in various uh, initiatives. Is it is this involved the entire C-suite of an organization? Boy, I sure hope it does. Yeah. Because if
2: it doesn't, then digital tra- if it only involves the cmo then it's not really digital transformation is you're rethinking you're making your marketing department more efficient mm-hmm. for example so digital transformation is a strategy again it's a li- it's a it's a corporate lifestyle meaning it's not limited to one little sector and that means by definition you are involving people across The leadership of the company, at least you should be. If you're not, then it's just you and you're lonesome and you're digitally transforming the company. You know what? You ain't digitally transforming the company. You may be doing something great, but it's not
1: digital. You're not doing a complete digital transformation. And of course, the CIO is often mentioned in these initiatives because it often involves technology. Um, And and there's one. article you have there, which I found interesting, where you talked about the transformational CIO. So the CIO has been traditionally focused on infrastructure, but you talk about this concept where they need to be starting to focus on growth and innovation. What's the expectations of a transformational CIO? I spoke with
2: one CIO or chief digital officer or chief technology officer. Uh, This person is at a large insurance company very large mm. insurance company and he kind of crosses all these roles that's why i hesitated there mm. and he made the point that the chief digital officer for example or the cio is when when you start to talk about digital and you isolate it to one position you know that there's something wrong and the idea of the transformational cio Is that she or he is embracing this kind of change? It's really a business focused role. It's not so much a technology focused role. The technology is table stakes. Mm -hmm. And we assume that if you're the CIO at a large enough organization, that you've got operational excellence. you have your you know, your systems are in place, you have people that can run those systems that can run the traditional projects that need to be run, right? Because projects are not going away. You still have to get stuff done and stuff mm-hmm. is done through projects. So you're doing all of that. But the focus of your efforts should be, Understanding what the different parts of your organization do, what their concerns are, and then supporting them in the use of technology to help become better and efficient. Mm-hmm. And you notice I said better first, which means innovation, and I said efficient second, because it's about the innovation. And if you do innovation well and you couple that with efficiency, that term, doing more with less, starts to emerge, and I know your your organization, Toro Cloud, does things with low code, and so low code is a great tool to help do more with less. So I think all of that's part of it.
1: Yeah, thank you for mentioning Toro Cloud. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> um, talking about technology, um, you've. Are you finding AI is becoming a large part, or AI slash machine learning, is it becoming a large part of digital transformation initiatives? It's,
2: it's a, such an interesting question. So if we ask software vendors, then you would say, absolutely, it's, it's, AI is everything. Mm-hmm. Because every software vendor say, you know now says, well, we do AI. But in practice if we break this down what are we trying to achieve with our digital transformation right we're trying to achieve better you know moving information across silos operating together as a team to fulfill our customers expectations and our brand promise in a better way and we should be we should bring to bear any tool any method any process that's going to help us do that now in some cases using you know an abacus may be the best way to do it and if the abacus is the right tool we should use the abacus in other cases ai is going to help us if we have the right kind of data and we have the right methods and processes and tools in place. AI can help us, as in the case of uh, jet engines, for example, and predictive maintenance. We can use analytics and the data to do a better job, to do a better job, to do a more efficient job. And In those cases, AI and machine learning are excellent tools and can change processes and change portions of our business in significant ways. And let us brings and, and can bring us capabilities that we did not have before. So, in those instances, yeah, of course we should be using AI because shouldn't we bring every tool to bear that's going to help us?
1: Uh, I, despite being a, a tools uh, uh, vendor ourselves, I like this concept of saying, you know, yes if you were to speak to the tools vendors, machine learning is where it's at, it's all about data analytics and that sort of stuff. But I like your abacus uh, an analogy there because it is it is about bringing the right tool to the job and finding the right tool for the solution for your particular initiative because everyone's initiative is different and that you, and your business is different. Uh, so I, I, I like that analogy. Are you finding, um, uh, I mean, obviously technology in some form or another is often involved in a digital transformation. Uh, um, initiative, are you finding any trends uh, besides machine learning uh, that, that are occurring in the space? Is there anything you're witnessing with technology trends? You know, I don't
2: focus too much on the technology trends because my focus is for businesses what do they need to do in the near term? I think that we can't escape uh, machine learning, and if you talk about machine learning, you better be talking about the data that is going to stand behind your models, that your model that you're basing your models on. So I think that there is a, a growing sophistication in the recognition that it's not just the algorithms that are important but for many companies it's it's the data so so my focus would be more on things like like the data how do we get the data what's the problem what's the business problem that we're trying to solve that we think that this data can help us can we use agile methods more effectively than we're using today we could talk about Quantum computing, we could talk about streaming video. There's all kinds of technologies that are out there. We can talk about real time databases, and all of that's fine. But the people that I'm talking to are the business folks who really want it to come down to how is this going to help my business in the next few years, as opposed to where is all this going in
1: the next five to 10 years? You seem to have, really enjoy what you do, Michael. You've been uh, in doing it for a number of years now, and you've interviewed thousands of people, but uh, you still seem to have a great deal of energy and excitement about it. You, you're still finding you're learning and uh, enjoying the process of uh, interviewing all these industry leaders. I love it. I mean, I feel so fortunate, so
2: grateful to do what I do. I mean, I have a really good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you tell our listeners uh, where they can listen to your talks? Oh,
2: just go to CXOTalk.com. Check it out. And there's lots of videos. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds a huge number of videos on all these topics, digital transformation, uh, AI, machine learning with some of the best, most innovative experts in the world, and the top business leaders in the world. I mean, of course, I'm biased, but it's pretty amazing. And I, and David, as a matter of fact, I had your former prime minister Malcolm Turnbull and his wife uh, Lucy Turnbull, who's the former yeah. Lord Mayor of Cindy as a guest on CXO Talk. Uh, well, uh, Lucy, sorry. Yes, Lucy. <laughs> I just renamed.
1: Her. I had Malcolm Turnbull and Lucy Turnbull as guests yeah. on CXO Talk. It's funny you should mention them. They were uh, my first investor in my first software company. This is uh, Malcolm Turnbull was at Goldman Sachs before he became prime minister. And uh, he he and his other investors uh, were uh, seed investors in my first technology company. And Lucy was on our board of directors. So there you go. It's a small world. <laughs> they're, they're they're both amazing people. They are very intelligent, very intelligent, uh, amazing people. I agree. <laughs> Well, Michael, it's been a pleasure to have you on our program. Thank you again.
2: David, thank you. It's really my honor to be here. Thank you.
0: All right. That's a wrap for this episode of Coding Over Cocktails. To our listeners, what did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comment section from the podcast platform you're listening to. Also, please visit our website at www.torocloud.com for a transcript of this episode, as well as our blogs and our products. We're also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to us there because we listen. Just look for Toro Cloud. On behalf of the team here at Toro Cloud, thank you very much for listening to us today. This has been Kevin Montalbo for Coding Over Cocktails. Cheers!